vampires, gargoyles, warlocks. They're all the same. Best when cooked well. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of Under the Call of MS. And start out as a little Van Hel Gabriel Van Helsing quote. Gonna start out talking about some chastity comics. Uh, chastity is a fictional horror and superhero comic book character created by writer Brian Polito, Polito, and artist Stephen Hughes. She's her first appearance was in Evil Ernie Straight to Hell number one, which I reviewed a while back. Uh, originally produced and published by Chaos Comics. Chastity and the Chaos Library of Characters are now owned and published by Dynamite, the Dynamite Company, Dynamite Entertainment. Chastity is a punk rock fan turned vampire, undetectable to other vampires, and spiteful towards her fellow occult beings. She became an assassin and slayer of vampires. She was one of the most popular bad girls among a among a trend in the 1990s comic books. Uh, in this one, Chastity Jack has been kidnapped to the great misfortune of her kidnappers. She, along with a dozen other young women, arrive at an audition for a prestigious New York City burlesque act, hoping to land a, land a coveted spot in the popular show. Having a lot of speech problems today. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, when they wake up in chains on a spooky cruise ship in the middle of nowhere, they're congratulated on joining the cast, realizing they've been drugged and kidnapped by human traffickers. Chastity Jack declines the offer, grindhouse style. Uh, this is the first three issues I picked up of the... First volume run of Chastity Comics. Uh, this they started these in around 2014. I think they might have a second volume out now. But I'm not sure. But it starts you out with the basics, gives you the whole storyline of her being a gymnast and she hurts herself, and while getting surgery for her leg and everything, some things happen that end up giving her abilities that you'll find out how she got all that gives the basis of her starting out uh even earlier in her early in her days she was into vampire style uh char char characters and stuff like that she do a little sketching of stuff like that related to it but yeah in this one she thinks she's going to an audition. She talks to some people. Next thing she knows, they're, she can smell a gas and stuff like that going on. I don't know if they're, I can't remember if it was, if they slipped them stuff in their drinks too, or just their room was gassed or whatever. But yeah, they end up getting taken by these people. And, uh, you get a nice starting story learning about her origins and getting used to how she get turned into a vampire and all that stuff and then you get deeper in everything with the kidnappers and 
what happens with them and how she tries to escape and who, what other people were all abducted by these human traffickers and what they're going to do with these people and what their plan is. So, uh, nice start to everything to get you started with Chastity. If you know nothing about her, I'm very intrigued by this gal. I really like where she's going with things. Uh, you see some things with a vampire child in here. It's just lots of fun horror uh, related episodes of child trafficking and stuff like that. That isn't the fun part, but just watching Cassidy, what she does to kick kick the bad guy's asses and stuff like that and how she works with other people. A good storyline to get used to, get into and get you used to the whole dynamite gang and how they're how they uh, go about their things, everyday life. Uh, um, I've always enjoyed the chaos gang. and Dynamite's doing a good job with it still, so It'll be interesting where they all go with all this. Uh, I checked out Van Helsing versus the League of Monsters number three and four of the six-part run. Van Helsing is still reeling from the revelations of recent events after her world came crashing down around her. But she won't have time to catch her breath as something catastrophic is heading her way. Will she be able to handle some of the deadliest creatures in all existence? Alone, any of these would be formidable foes. And Lysel will have the ultimate challenge laid before her with taking them on all at once. Odds are not in her favor, and it doesn't look good for the legendary vampire hunter. Uh, and the fourth, third one, you see Robin Loxley caged up. Uh, you got werewolves that you're dealing with in here. Uh, one of Dracula's daughters is in here, which when I seen her, I got all excited, thinking instantly chastity. But it's not chastity. Uh, the werewolf, I can't, not sure if it's werewolf by night. Or not, yeah, Frankenstein in here. Just a good variety of characters throughout that one. That's the issue three and then issue four, the synopsis that they start you out with on that one. Is Van Hell oh it's it's pretty much the same same synopsis they give you in all of them. Looks like the same, but yeah, you it gets more conflicted and more people are joining the fight. Uh, Yo. I'm trying to come up with the name of this character. I really like what she's doing in here. Uh, she's... Related to Dracula. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's Dracula's daughter. Uh, 
I've been reading so many different vampire books lately that I'm getting them crossed up in my mind. But yeah, it's it's interesting how Hyde, the Jekyll Hyde character, that usually is Liesl's sidekick, is on the opposite side, and Liesl has to deal with her in this issue too. So it's fun seeing what the what this story is getting into and how deep it's gone. It's been a very in, interesting, enjoyable run. I'm looking forward to the last two issues of it. But you'll see what happens, see where it goes. And then for a little fun for the whole gang, for the whole family. Children and adults of all ages from Art and Franco's Oh Yeah Comics gang. You got the Grim Reaper Halloween Fiesta. Yeah, a nice little uh, variety of different little stories, including the zombie butler Roy. And then the Grim Reaper having his issues with different characters throughout. And, of course, lots of little sight uh, panels of the Grim Reaper with his psychiatrist. And then you even get the Mama Woogie characters from Grimace's comic that I reviewed last season. And it's like there's a Grimace character in here. A little Grimace. But I'm not sure if it's the actual Grimace that's in the Grimace story or not. Because they really never, don't really, I mean, in the Grimace story, they're related. In this story, they're just hanging out like friends. So I'm not positive if it's the same character or not. But, yeah, you get Grim Reaper even finds a little bit of love in this this run, this comic. Yeah, it's fun as always. Lots of enjoyable little jokes going on. And it's can't go wrong. Get anything from art. Art and the gang at Art and Franco at the Oh Yeah Comics Group. They got lots of fun, family friendly comics for you to enjoy. So check those out. See if you can find something you like. Introduce some youngins to comic books the right way. Alright, then we're gonna get into some MS talk about relapses, pseudo relapses, or if you're just having a bad day. It's like, how do you know if you're having a relapse? A lot of people ask if what they're dealing with is a relapse or if it's just something else. But relapse, also called a flare up or exasperation, involves a new neurological symptom. That lasts longer than 24 to 48 hours. Don't you just say it lasts longer than 24 hours? <laughs> 4 to 48. 
and it's not caused by anything else. Sometimes it can also involve the return or increased severity of an old neurological symptom, which on the other hand, a pseudo relapse or pseudo exasperation is the increased severity of an old neurological symptom triggered by infection. Heat exposure, fatigue, stress, medication changes, alcohol overuse, or dehydration, to name a few. Relapses indicate that your MS is active and suggest your disease-modifying therapy, your DMT, may not be effective. If you have relapsing MS, depending on severity, relapses are treated with steroid therapy or ACTH gel, as well as rehabilitation therapy. However, whether or not you treat a relapse has no long-term effect on your MS progression. Pseudo-relapses are treated by correcting the underlying problem. This could mean rest and hydration if you have been overdoing it, or an antibiotic if you have an infection, such as urinary tract infection. Thankfully, I haven't had to deal with those damn things in like six months. When I get them, for some reason, they'll come on for a while, and then they'll just disappear. They are not fun. If you ever ensure, if you are ever unsure whether you are having a relapse, it is always best to call and discuss it with your healthcare provider. Uh, always check anything newer. Uh, amped up or increased out with your doctor, your neurologist, your primary care physician, whatever, and just see what their opinion is, what their thoughts are that you should do. But with relapsing remitting MS, the one thing you expect is the unexpected. Symptoms worsen or improve by the day or even the hour, and relapses come out of nowhere. Knowing the unpredictability of MS, you don't expect those good days to last. At some point in the course of their disease, they may transmission to a secondary progressive course. At that time, they may we may experience fewer relapses with more steady progression of disability. However, the absence of relapses by itself does not indicate a transition to secondary progressive MS. If you are not experiencing worsening, worsening or relapses, your MS may be in a period of remission. Goal of the disease-modifying treatments prescribed for MS is to slow the pro progress of the disease and reduce the rate of the relapse. If you experience a period with no relapse, or relapses, that indicate, indicates the medication is working well for you. However, some begin to wonder if they need their medication anymore, and if the remission would continue without it. There is no way to know in advance, and those who choose to stop medications frequently experience severe relapses. 
because each relapse can cause further damage and disease progression can occur even when you're not having a relapse. Consider carefully whether that is a risk worth taking. Many people, as soon as you're feeling good or if they're feeling good for a while, start asking everybody, should I go? Who's gone off medication? How have you felt? How is it going for you? I'm considering dropping my medications, all that stuff. But then all of a sudden, I mean, out of all the, I've heard over, over 200 people that quit their meds went off them in the past four years, five years or whatever. And out of all those people, I know at least two or three that are still all right, not on their meds. The rest of them, I haven't heard from, don't know where they are, what's going on. I know some that ended up having a major exasperation after a while. And it's nice and all to try and go clean and stuff. And you can live off a carrot, a piece of celery, some broccoli, and some cauliflower and eat nothing else the rest of your life and may feel good to an extent, may have extra energy or something. But then one day you could do something or have something and your body totally flip-flops or you could just be doing that, what you're doing and your body just flip-flops all of a sudden. It's like, there is a reason that we take the meds to put things off, but you gotta just decide what's best for you and what you want to deal with and what you're willing to accept happening to you in the future and go from there. It's nice and all to think that things are going to just be the cure all for everything. But if they were, you'd know more about them. Oftentimes, a person may attribute a lack of relapses to a new diet, supplement, exercise plan, or other life change that improves their well-being. Some may even jump to the conclusion that the change may ha they have made is a cure for MS. Like, whether you have MS or not, if you change your lifestyle, you're going to feel better. And if you're not living a crappier life, your body's going to accept it and your body's going to feel better. Once you go back to the sugars or the crap, your body's going to feel worse. So it's, you got to look at those aspects and see if it's long-term, if you can do it or whatever, but it's not going to cure your disease. It may just help the way you feel. But it's unlikely that a lifestyle or nutrition change could alter all the factors involved. While such a change may improve a person's health and contribute to a period of remission without changing the underlying cause, it's possible that MS can return at any given time. By addressing one contributing factor to MS, they may have you may have brought the person may have brought on remission, but it did not cure the underlying disease. A healthy diet, exercise, and certain supplements have been found to improve the health of people with MS, 
but only to varying degrees. Because of the complexity of the disease, a change that works for one person with MS may not work for the other. We're all different. We all deal with things differently. So we got to look at it in that aspect. It's important to recognize that remission, however long-term, is not the same as a cure, and that what works for you may not work for others. Make a plan, and when worries enter your mind, firmly remind yourself that there's a plan in place, and you do not need to be concerned with it right now. If you experience a period of time free of relapse, make the most of it, Keep up your care routine. Continue taking positive steps to improve your health. Plan for potential problems. And don't worry about what MSers next move will be. Enjoy the moment. Relapse free. Like take advantage of that moment. Enjoy it. And don't sit there and Go around telling everybody that you're cured, you got the fix for MS, you're going to live this way the rest of your life, you got this all figured out, and then all of a sudden, bam, <laughs> hits you again. So watch what you do, and don't be the judge to everybody else's characterization. Uh, if you need a couple... Things if you want some extra stuff to read or do or listen to for MS related, you can check out Sick and Tired of Feeling Sick and Tired, Living with Invisible Chronic Illness by Paul J. Donahue, it's a PhD, and Mary E. Siegel, which is also a PhD, has a PhD. <laughs> uh, sick and Tired of Feeling Sick and Tired validates the feelings of people with invisible chronic illnesses and helps sufferers bridge the gap with others. The book is not only a guide for people with multiple sclerosis, but also may also any invisible illness, even migraine sufferers, which share a unique bond of invisible symptoms. The authors, who are psychologists, Encourage the reader to become aware of their own feelings towards their sickness and empower them to change your illness narrative. Check that out. And then there's also cell-based therapies in MS. Dr. Ben Thrower discusses various types of cell-based therapies, including different kinds of stem cell therapies takes a deeper look at current research and goes over the pros and cons and reveals what is on the horizon for MS. You can watch that at msfocus.us backslash stem cell. Check it out. Might learn something. Help you out or get you something that you might want to try if you're able to get it. Try it and do it. Uh... Here's some old strange news stuff. If your sex drive is slowing down, try this for dinner. Sauerkraut. Have sauerkraut and some sauerkraut, sauerkraut juice as a snack several times a day. This can increase your sex drive from one time in three weeks to nine times in one week after two weeks of doing this. 
Uh, as usual, Germans got lots of great things. Uh, make yourself a nice dinner of sausage and sauerkraut, ring bologna and sauerkraut, or something like that. Save the juices, drink that, and you can get the jarred sauerkraut and drink juice from there. It's, you're not going to have that much juice built up in those cans and jars. So if you're going to want extra juice, you might want to make it fresh batch on your own and do that. And then if you sauerkraut, it's too much of a bite for you, too strong. You can always add some caraway seeds when you cook it. That's a little hint to help break the tartness of it. Make it a little bit more enjoyable to eat if you can't stand that. Then uh, 68% of 1,400 people said they had sex with a coworker during office hours, and most said it was a top of desk. There, there's lots of strange places and that people have done it, but. Sadly, you gotta also think about coworkers and stuff that work in restaurants <laughs> and tables, prep tables and all that stuff. And there's some pretty nasty situations out there you gotta watch out for. But yeah, it's a fun little fact there. And let's end it with a couple couple little comics. Since we're missing out on the Sunday comics, I'm slacking on it. I'm still trying to decide how I want to do it. I'm going to restructure it. I got a good idea what I'm going to do, so hopefully we'll get one going this week. But got a bunch of kids standing in the house. The house is just totally destroyed. Pops walks in. Kids say, we were playing hide and seek. Then it was mommy's turn to hide. We haven't seen her all day. <laughs> I wonder why. On a nice restful place and disappeared, or she just packed her bags and left. <laughs> Those four kids look like a variety of shitheads. Alright, then next comic you got Santa Claus talking to another character, and they're both sitting in pri- in a prison cell. Santa Claus says to the other guy. Breaking and entering. That's what I'm in for, if you must know. <laughs> uh, yeah. A little bit of humor to end your day. Yeah, a little time left. So let's throw a quick wrestling recipe out there. At JR's Mashed Potato Meatloaf. Yeah, 12-ounce can or 12-ounce jar of homestyle brown beef gravy. One and a half pounds lean ground beef, a cup of soft homemade breadcrumbs, half a cup of finely chopped onions, an egg slightly beaten, half a teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of coarsely ground pepper, two and a half cups hot mashed potatoes, small red potatoes with skin on, gives a good taste. Uh, 
your small red potatoes are probably one of the best ones to use for mashed potatoes. Uh, you definitely don't want to use the standard Idaho's stuff. They just get watery, don't give you that flavor that you want from it. And a tablespoon of butter melted and some paprika to taste. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Combine a half a cup of the gravy with the next six ingredients. Shape it into a loaf. Place the loaf in a pan and like a bread bread loaf pan and bake for an hour. Drain the fat. Spread the mashed potatoes over the top and sides. Drizzle it with butter. Sprinkle it with paprika. Bake for another 20 minutes and then let stand five minutes. Eat the rest of the gravy and serve it with the meatloaf. You're good to go. You got yourself a nice little dinner. Have a little side salad or some fries or something like that to go with it. And you're set. Yeah. Not super healthy, but it tastes good. <laughs> All right. That's it for today. Like usual, be good to each other. Take care of yourself. Think about how your body feels. Listen to it. And do what it's yelling at you for. Take care, and we'll talk to you again soon.